Floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We're here to help you tackle those spring home improvement projects. Perhaps get those spring cleaning projects done. Help yourself first. Pick up the phone. Let's talk. 1 888 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Send your questions to at Money Pit on Twitter or post them online at Facebook.com slash the Money Pit. Coming up on this program, would you like a new look for any room in your house? Well, one way to accomplish that is by changing up the lighting. We've got a tip on how to install pendant lights for an easy DIY update. Well, it's gone from a functional part of every kitchen to a fashion statement. We're talking about your backsplash. You want to know what trend-setting backsplash materials are turning up in kitchens everywhere? Stay tuned to find out how mirrors, concrete, and even wood are being used in kitchens. And this hour, we're giving away a set of My Paint Saint kits. These are an ingenious way to store extra paint so touch-ups are a breeze. Yeah, it's a really cool product. It's almost like a large version of a nail polish, and the brush is included in the lid and everything. It's prize worth 45 bucks, going out to one caller drawn at random from those that we speak to on today's show. So make that you. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. And in Florida, need some help with the flooring project. What can we do for you today? I'm going to rip up my carpet. I have uh, concrete underneath. And I want to put down the ceramic tile that looks like hardwood. And uh, are you familiar with the product? I am very much so. I've actually used it on several projects. Oh, and my question was also, should I wait and uh, not do it right away that they're going to even have better looking um the wood look, I was told that it's supposed to get even better. I, I imagine that with all things, you know, when you wait, things get better. But um, wood grain tile has actually been quite popular for probably four or five years now. So I've seen it greatly improve depending on how much you want to spend on it. Um, and I'm not sure what manufacturers you've looked at, but a, a good price point um, is a manufacturer called Dal Tile, D-A-L tile and they're sold through um you know tile stores so it's you can call dal tile and take a look um and they have one line called yacht club which is fairly new for them and it's like a six inch by 24 inch wood plank but it's a ceramic tile it comes in a couple of different colors um I think it lays really nicely. It has a good texture of wood, and it comes in some color palettes that I think are very realistic. And the way it fits together, um, it, it looks as if it were a real a wood, like wood. Yeah, like yeah. a wood floor. It doesn't have a big grout line. Like, they have another one in their line called Timber Glen, and that's a really big plank. But the way it pieces together, you see a lot of a grout line. So that kind of looks weird. You know, not as realistic wood as you might expect. So if you do go with a wood look tile that does have a predominant grout line, I would choose a grout that's similar in color to the tile. Uh-huh. I've seen the tile where the tile is um, 
like wood planks. Yeah, that's exactly what this looks like. It looks like wood planks. And I will caution you, uh-huh. though, that you're talking about any tile that's 24 inches long in one direction like this is going to need an extraordinary amount of support underneath it. So you have to be very careful to follow the manufacturer's instructions when it comes to prepping the floor before the tile is laid. If there's any flex or bend or unevenness in that floor, Eventually, this tile is going to crack. You don't want that to happen. So you want to make sure that the floor is properly supported to take a bigger, big tile. You know, when we used to have mosaics years ago, it didn't really matter uh, if the floors were flexible, so to speak, or not, because there was a joint every one inch in a mosaic tile. With a 24-inch long tile, that's not going to bend. It's going to break. So you want to make sure the floor is really strong before you do that installation, okay? Yes, okay. Great. All right, and good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Mike in Delaware, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Hi. Yes, I was wondering. I've got a maple tree that's growing right near my concrete driveway, and uh, it's starting to actually crack the driveway. I, I like the tree. It provides a nice shade um, for the house and keeps it cool during the uh, summertime. So I was just wondering if I have any other options besides uh, taking it down. Well, do you like the driveway? It's cracked, so I'd like to... I'd like to repair it, and I guess another question would be if I do repair it, then how much like rebar or how thick should it be in order to prevent a cracking in the future? Well, the options would be take the tree down, which you don't want to do, uh, replace the driveway with one that can grow with the tree like stone, like a stone driveway. Now, if you want to try to set up a scenario where it's driveway versus tree, then yes, you would have to use some sort of reinforced concrete. But eventually, if that tree wants to lift it, it will lift even the reinforced concrete. It'll lift the entire slab. It just won't crack it. Now, it could take many years for that to happen. But I think those are your options. Get rid of the tree, replace the driveway with something like stone, uh, which is going to you know give you some room to grow, so to speak, with that tree. Or if you do replace the driveway with concrete, you're going to have to reinforce the heck out of it. Uh, suggestion on the thickness of the concrete, how much? Uh, probably about five inches minimum five to six inches i would think and with woven wire mesh throughout the entire thing all right thank you you're welcome good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit you are tuned to the money pit home improvement radio show on air and online at moneypit.com now you can call in your home repair your home improvement question 24 hours a day seven days a week we're here for you at 1-888-MONEY-PIT 888-666-3974 still to come get light where you need it and add interest to any room with pendant lighting we'll have advice on styles and installation when the money pit continues after this you live in a money pit Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. 
Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. We will give you the answer to your home improvement or home decor dilemma, plus a chance at winning a great decor product. It's called My Paint Saint. It helps you make touch-ups a breeze because it provides the paintbrush and the can in one. You can store extra paint for quick and easy projects or touch-ups. And what I love is that the brush is built right into the lid. It's airtight, and it will keep that paint for a long, long time. So when your kids bang into the wall and they leave a nice, dark, marring jar, grab that paint saint, touch it up, and you're good to go. Worth 40 bucks. going out to one caller, drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show. The number, again, is one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, now we're heading on over to Michigan, where Terry has a water heater question. What's going on at your Money Pit? I was wanting to know if um, $800 is a reasonable um, amount of money to pay to have um, a hot water tank replaced, but actually the tank was free and the labor was free, and the plumber said that um, need to pay $800 for parts only to replace a hot water tank. So he's saying the labor's free, but the water heater's 800 bucks. Is it a regular standard gas-fired water heater? The water heater itself was also free because it was a warranty item. That sounds pretty ridiculous for a warranty repair. If the labor's free, then he was already paid for a good portion of the work it took to take the tank out. Now, if he had to add an additional part, I don't quite understand his explanation, but if he had to add something additional or replumb something, I mean, $800 is a bit of a crazy price for a little bit of additional plumbing work, considering he was paid for the bulk of the project through the warranty. That sounds like you're getting gouged. Right. Um, We've already contacted the warranty company and the plumber as well. Right. Um, And, you know, the warranty company says contact the plumber. The plumber says contact the warranty company. Do we really have any recourse at all to try and recoup some of that money? So you already paid this? Correct. Well, unfortunately, what I think you're going to have to do is take them to small claims court. And I would take both of them to small claims court, both, because then they'll fight it out amongst themselves because it's going to be more expensive to defend it than it is to to settle it with you. Okay. Well, I thank you very much for taking the time to give me a call back. Richard in Ohio is living in a pretty drafty house. Join the club. Tell me what's going on. Insulation contractor came and blew cellulite insulation in the walls. Left a lot of voids in it, which caused a forced draft. So I had infrared camera work done, and uh, the floors are like 31 degrees and about 45 degrees waist high. And uh, I can't seem to figure out what's going on here or what to do about it. However, I found a physics teacher at Restar's Old Homes. She told me that uh, if you leave an old, a void in an insulation, insulated wall, it will uh, cause a forced draft. There'd be pretty, quite a few forced drafts in here. Well, maybe, maybe not. But here's the thing. First of all, you had blown an insulation done, and you followed that up with an infrared camera inspection. I'm guessing you didn't do that right after the uh, installer was done, correctly? You did this later on to try to figure out why it was still cold in the house? Yes. Yeah. And it's very difficult to install blown an insulation in a wall and do it correctly. So we've heard this before. The best installers 
will you know take a long time to make sure it gets in just right. They put in just the right amount, and they knew how to get it in every bay, and then they use an infrared camera to figure out if they've missed anything. So it sounds to me like now we've got a real mess in the outside wall. We don't know what's insulated, what's not insulated. Let's set that aside for right now and cover two other very important basics. Number one is the attic. We want to make sure that you have enough insulation in your attic because if you can trap the heat from escaping or the from the attic, which is where most of the heat leaves the house, you, you may find that it's going to make you more comfortable. In the, the attics of Ohio, where you're located, you're going to need at least 15 to 20 inches of fiberglass insulation. Most people don't have that much, but that is what the Department of Energy would recommend. So if you don't have that much insulation, the first thing I want you to do is add insulation to your attic. The second thing, you mentioned you're on a crawl space. Your floor has got to be insulated. Again, unfaced fiberglass bats. If it's a standard 2 by 10 floor joist, you want to fill that up with a full 10 inches of insulation. If you can insulate the floor and the attic, two areas that are accessible and easy to access, you're kind of halfway there. Now, what are we going to do about exterior wall? Well, short of taking it apart, we're not going to easily solve this problem with the blown-in. If you had an insulation company that could work with the camera and add additional blown-in, they might be able to fill it in. But that's going to be expensive, and I don't know if you're going to get a good return on investment. So what I would suggest you do is everything else that you can do to stop the drafts. So that means sealing around windows and doors and outlets and light switches, especially, to make sure that we get as many of those gaps closed as possible. And then from a decorating perspective, very often, um, Leslie, you jump right in because I've heard you recommend heavy drapes over these windows, too, to try to short-circuit those drafts that are sort of falling around the windows. Yeah, and you can do it sort of twofold. You know, we have drafty windows. Unfortunately, um, the previous owners installed not the greatest of windows, and they were poorly installed. So short of doing like a major project here, I've gotten creative. I've done a sort of double-lined fabric shade that's up against the glass portion of the window itself. And I'll draw those down during the colder times. And then I have a heavier drape that I use in the winter as well that's lined that I will just close up, you know, to make sure that I'm keeping those drafts out. Also, if you've got baseboard heating in that room, you want to make sure that nothing is blocking those baseboards. You know, your furniture, you've got to pull away from the walls. You know, think about giving it some air to just sort of circulate the heat around the room a little bit better. Um, but but really heavy fabrics, heavy draperies, that really does make a huge difference. Richard, I hope that advice helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, pendant lights are a popular choice these days, and for good reason. They're sleek, and they can add style and drama to your lighting. And if you're just swapping out an old fixture, this can be an electrical project that you can do yourself. But if your existing wires are brittle or you need to run extra electricity to maybe a new spot, it's best to call an electrician. Yeah. Now, the cool thing about pendant lighting is that it's suspended from the ceiling, and it kind of brings the light down to sort of exactly where you need it. There's a lot of variety in the shapes and sizes and styles. I mean, anything from like the four-inch diameter mini cylinders to massive 30-inch domes can be pendant lights. Yeah, you know, they're also really affordable. Now, a four-inch colored glass mini pendant from your local home center starts at about 25 bucks. You can use them to light up a workspace, you know, maybe like your kitchen island prep area or a desk in a home office. And they can also cast a warm glow in a dining room or an entryway. And when it comes to the switch, dimmers are very popular for pendants. You can adjust the light in the evening and create some very attractive patterns, especially cool when you have 
have folks visiting because we know everyone likes to hang out in the kitchen, right? 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Amy and I was on the line with a question about a dirt basement. Tell us what's going on. Hi. Um, I recently had purchased an old farmhouse, and in the basement it has a, a dirt floor. And I was wondering if I should lay concrete on it or if I could lay that thick plastic and put gravel on top to help with the radon and try to keep some of the heat in there. Do you know that you have a radon problem? Well, I don't. Um they talk about it in Iowa being an issue, and with it being a dirt floor, I didn't know if that was something I should have tested first or go ahead and just lay the plastic in the rock and be... I, I would definitely test because you don't know what you're dealing with. You may have to put stone down and then put a concrete floor and then do a ventilation system where you draw the gas up off from underneath the concrete. So the first thing you have to do is test. So do it yourself or hire somebody and do it right. You know, the testing has to be done under closed building conditions with all the windows and doors closed, except for a normal exit and entry, and find out what you're dealing with. And then, uh, then you know, you can take the appropriate steps after that. But uh, don't just put it down, you know, thinking that if you have a radon problem, it's going to solve it, because, frankly, it may not. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Tim in Virginia is dealing with some stuck windows. Tell us what's going on. I run into an issue a lot of times with some of the older homes that I have with the windows. For some reason, they are painted shut uh, or nailed shut, but I'd like to know how I can resolve that, as well as some of these windows being dual-pane windows with condensation already in them. Uh, Next to replacing them, what can I do to resolve that problem? All right, two separate issues. First of all, I presume we're talking about old wood windows being painted shut. Is that correct? That is correct. You're going to need three things. You're going to need a putty knife, a wood block, and a hammer. Here's what you do. First of all, you take the putty knife and you run it in between the wood window sash and the frame all the way around as many places as you can. Wherever you can get that in there, wiggle it in there, that will free it up. And you take the block of wood and from the inside... You put it on top of the sash, and you take the hammer, and you take a make a quick wrap where you're actually driving the window down as if you're trying to close it more. Do that on both sides, on both ends. And what that quick wrap does is it tends to break the paint seam that's sticking it to the sides. So if you run the putty knife around, and you take the block of wood, give it a quick wrap downward, that should free up the bottom sash. A lot of people try to get their hands under the window and like push up. That tends to pull the wood frame of the window apart. But if you give it a shot down, which is somewhat counterintuitive, uh, that works very well. Now, as far as the, the windows that you're dealing with that are thermal pane and the seals are failed, can't do anything about that. When they're failed, they're failed. And those windows would have to be replaced if you want them to be clear again. Okay, okay. All right. I will certainly um, put that to use uh, probably within the next week or so with the new unit that I just purchased. Thank you so very much. You're welcome, Tim. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right. Now we've got Lynn in Colorado who's got a tricky, leaky shower. Let's see if we can help her find it. I had a plumber come out once and he said the pipe and the bottom where it comes out of the shower doesn't always hook up right. So he siliconed it and it didn't leak. But now, once in a while, it's leaking again. Of course, it's upstairs, so I see it on a ceiling. And I'm wondering, is there some kind of a liner 
you can put down the pipe like they do for sewage lines that go out. You're talking about the supply pipes, or are you talking about the shower stall? I'm talking about the stall, the uh, drain pipe. Do you have? A, is it a tile shower pan, or is it a uh, like a plastic shower? Yeah, it's one of the insert ones. Those pans can develop cracks in them, and you have to figure out where that crack is. One way to try to figure out uh, at least how high on the pan the crack is is if you block the drain of the pan and fill it up with water and see if it leaks. If it doesn't leak, then the pan's fine. The next thing you have to do is move up with your sort of uh, analysis, and now you're going to get into the seams of it. If you've got existing caulk, what I would recommend as a first step is to remove that caulk using caulk softener, and that will allow you to strip out everything that's there and start clean with some new good quality bathroom caulk that's got a mildicide uh, built into it. And I would just caulk very carefully every single seam and also around uh, all the pipes and the faucets and the fixtures where they come through. Because sometimes you get direct leaks where water fills up in the pan and leaks. And a lot of times, though, with showers, you'll get leaks when the water bounces off your body, hits one of those seams, works its way in behind the wall and down. So I would take out the existing caulk, re-caulk it, and check the shower pan for leaks. And somewhere in that analysis, you'll probably figure out what's going on. Okay. Still to come, the latest looks for your kitchen backsplash, including concrete and wood flooring. Sounds strange, but these trends can definitely make for a very unique look. More ideas when the Money Pit continues after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. 
Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, every DIYer needs this one item in their toolbox, and that's not even a tool. We're talking about adhesives in a name you'll recognize, Liquid Nails. That's right. Here to tell us all about a brand new product is Mark Stepchinski. Now, he's the manager of tech service for adhesive and sealants. Welcome, Mark. Good to be here. So, Mark, you guys are launching a new product called a Fuse-It Adhesive. Now, I know that both Leslie and I have used Liquid Nails many times over the years because it is so. Um, it does have so many applications. It's just such a super handy product to have, and it really serves... Um, adhesive situations that nothing else does. What makes a Fuse-It uh, different than uh, perhaps the Liquid Nails products that we've seen in the past? Well, we've done some unique stuff here with the uh, technology that we attain, obtained from uh, PPG Aerospace. Uh, we've managed to snag one of their chemists, and he's done some unique things with what we call a hybrid technology. Think of it as being a combination of urethane and silicone. So, what we get here are the best aspects of both, and that's what kind of makes it unique. So is the goal here to come up with an adhesive that has the widest possible application so that consumers don't have to choose? Because I think a lot of times, you know, as we approach the adhesive aisle at the home center or hardware store, it, you know, it's kind of a moment where you have to pause and read labels and figure out exactly which one's going to be the right adhesive for your project. Is this uh, going to make that easier? Oh, exactly right. Because, you know, when we were formulating the Fuset product, okay, one of the things we wanted to look at, and to take some of the confusion, if you will, as you say, out of the aisle, okay, something that will work on as many surfaces as possible and under as many different conditions as possible. And that was that was our project goal when we came up with the Fuset. So this will work pretty much on anything with the exception of some plastics like polyethylene and polypropylene. Um, but we'll also, you know, work very well in situations that are non-ideal. If it's cold out, if surfaces are wet or damp, okay, makes no difference. You're still going to get a good, reliable bond with Fuset. And how quick will Fuset set? I know a lot of times when you're dealing with, like, a vertical surface and you're trying to adhere two things together, you know, sometimes you have to get really creative with how you brace things or hold them together while you're waiting for the adhesive to set up. Yes, that's right. With Fuset, what we've managed to do is to formulate some great initial hold on vertical surfaces or some great quick grab. So all you need to do is to join the surfaces together, even on a vertical, and it's going to hold them in place without having to worry about uh, taping or bracing. It will develop handling strength within four to six hours, and it will be completely cured within 24 hours. Now, one of the concerns about adhesives is, of course, uh, the different types of chemical compounds that are used to craft the product. How environmentally friendly is the Fusit product, Mark? The Fusit product contains no solvents, so there's going to be no odor, no emissions. But we've also certified, had that certified by UL Environment to their GreenGuard Gold Standard. And GreenGuard is a third-party certification system that certifies products as being low-emitting. Okay, so it's going to give you better indoor air quality. So you don't have to worry about fumes. This, this product, Fuset, is ideal for use in remodeling of occupied areas, um, schools, office buildings, hotels, condominiums, uh, apartments. So you, you're not going to have any 
any uh, solvent emissions. You're not going to have any chemical odors. We're talking to Mark Stepchinski. He is in charge of technical specifications for adhesives and sealants with the Liquid Nails Company about a brand new product called Fusion. All right, Mark, just have a minute or so left here. Give us a couple applications that would really surprise people that you can do with this product. Uh, some good applications are, take for example, you're doing a backsplash in your uh, kitchen. Okay. You can do this with tile. Okay. And you can go ahead and even grout the same day. Uh, molding and trim is another example. If you're doing something like crown molding in a room, you can use it for that. Uh, exterior applications, a great application is if you're building a fire pit. Okay. So all you need to do, recess that bead away from the fire side. When you're joining your blocks together, run your bead, diffuse it around there, and you get one monolithic you know, construction. One adhesive really does do it all. Mark Stepchinski with Liquid Nails. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit and telling us all about the brand new Fuse-It adhesive. You're welcome. And if you'd like to learn more, you can go to liquidnails.com. That's liquidnails.com. All right, still to come, we're answering questions from our Money Pit community, and we've got advice on the best way to make an uninsulated sunroom usable year-round. You live in a Money Pit. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Introducing Liquid Nails Fuse-It All-Surface Construction Adhesive. Glass, metal, wood, whatever your job. Liquid Nails Fuse-It bonds almost everything. Liquid Nails Fuse-It All-Surface Construction Adhesive. Don't just glue it, fuse it. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. You're going to get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away a great prize. We've got the My Paint Saint. Now, this is a touch-up paintbrush and can all in one, which is really fantastic because how many times you just take a gigantic gallon of paint that you want to save really just a little bit for touch-ups and then you end up with a stack of paints and not really sure where they go or what they're for or how old they are. Well, now you can store your extra paint very easily, you know, for those quick touch-ups. It's a brush built into the lid. It's airtight. It's got inner ledges on the container edge, so it's great for wiping off all that excess paint. No drips. There's even a space on the front where you can write down like, oh, dining room paint or the name of the paint. So you can actually have more made if you love it that much and need it again. Check it out. Its website is mypaintsaint.com. It's $14.95 each can, and the winner is going to get three. Paint's not included, guys. I'm sure you've got enough at your house. Going out to one lucky caller drawn at random. That number again is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Next up, we've got Pat in Georgia who needs some help with a cleaning project. What's going on? I have granite countertops, and I am wondering if there is an advantage to using the store-bought cleaners versus a homemade cleaner, and what would that homemade cleaner be? So I guess you don't have a recipe for homemade cleaner. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't. If you happen to run across one that you like, tell us about it, because I've not found one. But I will say that the commercial cleaners 
are usually very well developed and are designed to give you a longer-term protection than you could probably get at anything that you could mix up on your own countertop. There's a website called stonecare.com that specializes in these types of products, and uh, our listeners have always had good success with them. So I would take a look at that website. But, you know, the, the thing about granite tops is a lot of folks buy them and think, well, it's stone. I'm not going to have to do much work to the top. But the truth is, it's a lot of work, isn't it, Pat? It very certainly is. It really is. And if you don't stay on top of it, it gets pretty nasty looking. So you are going to have to invest in some regular cleaning. And I would just buy a good quality product from a good brand manufacturer and just accept it as reality, okay? Thank you so very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Mark in West Virginia is on the line with a roofing question. How can we help you today? I was just wondering if I could put a, a metal roof over top of a, a shingle roof without removing the shingled roof. Well, you can, but why do you want to do that, Mark? It's kind of sloppy. I, I just, I've never worked with metal. And I didn't know if, you know, if you could do it that way. Because you can shingle over, I know, you know, asphalt shingles, you could put another a layer over top of it. Just getting rid of them, the, the hassle of getting rid of them at a landfill. Technically, you can, but I, I just think it's going to be a neater, cleaner, more professional job if you take off the asphalt shingles, and they're not that hard to remove. Yeah, and, and you know, you don't know how many layers are underneath your existing roof. Plus, I mean, I don't know really, but I'm imagining that a metal roof is going to have some weight to it. And, you know, why put that extra stress on the structure? And it's a lifetime roof. You know, you're looking at 50 years on a metal roof. So how about cutting it? Any special tools? Do you have any ideas? Yeah, I mean, it's all done with shears. And you can, you know, you can use hand shears and you can use power shears. But, you know, when you work with that stuff all the time, you have the tools that you need to do that. But uh, that's what you're going to have to cut it with. Hey, well, thanks. Thank you for the info. And I, I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, a couple of weeks back, we told you about the free Lumber Liquidator Spring Flooring Trends Catalog. If you haven't grabbed your copy, it's not too late to get started on your spring flooring project. You know, like we always say, most successful home projects start with good planning. And Lumber Liquidators, they make it easy. You'll find the latest styles in hardwood, laminate, wood-look tile, distressed and whitewashed flooring, and more in the new spring catalog from Lumber Liquidators. I like that Lumber Liquidators has so many different styles and looks to choose from and flooring experts at over 370 locations ready to help you pick the best flooring for your home. Call Lumber Liquidators at 1-800-HARDWOOD and get the free spring flooring trends catalog to get started on a great new floor. Then visit your local Lumber Liquidators store or LumberLiquidators.com and get a great spring flooring deal. For locations, call 1-800-HARDWOOD or visit LumberLiquidators.com. Lumber Liquidators, hardwood floors for less. Lydia in Massachusetts on the line with a sink question. What's going on? Well, we have uh, three attached, very old, galvanized sinks at the church. And they're, they're unsightly. They're, they're blackened. And I was wondering if you had any idea on how to clean them. So they're galvanized, but there's no other finish to them? There's no other finish. Probably a lot of years of water stains in there, I would imagine. It's sort of like brownish rust kind of color to them. Black. Black, yeah, even worse, even worse yet. Well, I guess the first thing I would try would be um, an abrasive powder and and steel wool because you're going to have to abrade them. If you don't if you, if you don't get something that's pretty aggressive, you're not going to get anything off of that. So I would use something like Comet and steel wool and see how that works. 
But typically what happens with those old metal sinks is the metal just becomes discolored. So it's not something that's like laying on top like a stain that you can wipe away. The metal itself becomes discolored. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your help. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Now we're heading over to Delaware where Margie has a crawl space question. What can we help you with? I'd like to know if you should put plastic on the ground underneath your house. We have like a three-foot so you can climb under there. Should we lay plastic on that for a barrier, for a moisture barrier underneath that, like a ranch house? What's the, is it underneath the entire house or is it just under a certain area? No, it's underneath the entire house. So you can crawl under and someone said you should put plastic on top of the dirt. Now, are you having any moisture issues inside the house? Uh, not really. We were just thinking it would be a good idea to do that. Now, generally, with an enclosed crawl space or one that's, you know, smaller scale to an entire home, we would always recommend putting down sort of a plastic sheathing and you want to fill the entire space. And in areas where you do have to have seams, you want to make sure that you overlap, you know, a good foot or two so that it really lays down nicely. Um now, Tom, would you do that if it's under the entire house? Yeah, I put it down across the crawl space floor along the entire house because it stops the moisture in the soil from wicking up and evaporating up into the air and then getting the insulation damp and making it ineffective. So it's always a good idea to have, it's called a vapor barrier, and have that down on top of that soil surface. You also want to check the exterior, though, to make sure that your gutters are clean, the downspouts are extended. It's part of a of a moisture management solution. It's not just, you know, one-off. You want to make sure you're limiting the amount of moisture that actually gets to that, you know, the dirt or the soil underneath the crawl space. So if you make sure that your gutters are extending away from the house, you know, a good three feet or so, um, and not depositing the water back towards that crawl space, you know, any sort of planting bedded areas, you want to make sure that that soil slopes away. You just want to do your best that you can to move the moisture away. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Still to come, the latest looks for your kitchen backsplash, like floor-to-ceiling coverage. Learn why this look is popular and find out what other trendy ideas are going on right now in kitchen design when the Money Pit continues after this. You live in a Money Pit. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Time now to turn to the Money Pit community section where Gizmo has written us. Yeah, and Gizmo writes, if I get fed after midnight, I turn into a green monster. (laughs) That would totally be Gremlin's Gizmo, whereas this Gizmo is not. And Gizmo writes, we have an unheated ventilated sunroom attached to the house that's 11 feet by 11 feet that has slider windows on three sides. We live in Michigan, so it's cold a lot. The windows are newer vinyl double pane. The house is brick and built in 56. I have access to the ceiling area through the main house and want to insulate the sunroom with fiberglass. If I insulate the ceiling, will it create a greenhouse effect? Well, you already have a greenhouse effect with three sliding glass doors. Your problem is this. You need heat 
in that space. Just insulating is not going to do it. And my concern is that you have uh, no really no place left to really put like a baseboard molding. So you're probably going to have to use some sort of a wall-mounted electric heater so that you can offset the chilliness of that Michigan winter. That's the only way you'll be able to do that. Maybe even choose a split ductless system so you can have additional air conditioning in that space and enjoy it in the summer as well. Yeah, a split system's really going to do the trick. They're super efficient and they work really well. And you know, if you're trying to get it to actually be a three-season room, you do need to add the heating and cooling. Well, while it serves an important function, your kitchen backsplash is a great place that you can showcase some of your design personality. New trends in backsplash styles and designs are making this really easy. Leslie has the lowdown in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, some very cool ideas, and not just for materials, but how you're actually installing the backsplash. For example, floor-to-ceiling or countertop-to-ceiling coverage with the tile of your choice. Now, this gives a uniform finished look to any kitchen while creating the illusion of higher ceilings. You know, obviously this isn't going to work in every space or every type of kitchen because of upper cabinets, but if you do have a space, say, over a desk or one area where there isn't anything above, it's a great opportunity to showcase this, even if it goes around your window in front of the sink. That's a really great way to showcase what you've got going on with your tile design. Now, some new tile install patterns, and these I really love, especially the herringbone. Now, this is kind of like a you know, best way to describe it is herringbone is sort of like up, down, up, down, like mountains on a diamond pattern, kind of. And I really like that it works great with a very skinny, narrow, rectangular tile. Some of them even come on a mesh backing already in the herringbone pattern. I think it looks beautiful. It gives it kind of a modern, timeless feel at the same time. So I know that that pattern layout is going to sort of go the long term. A lot of people do columns, basket weave. You know, you want something that's going to give your design texture and interest. Now, another trend is mixed or combined materials. Glass tile mixed in with porcelain tile, marble, granite, or even wood will carry a very visual appeal and also give it depth and interest. So it really makes it last your design choice. And this is what you want when you're designing a kitchen. You want to do it once. You're going to spend a good chunk of money, you know, so you want it to last a long time. We're also seeing unconventional materials like mirror concrete, even reclaimed or salvaged wood. Those all work as non-traditional backsplash materials and can be really sort of this organic layer to your design in your kitchen. I feel like it kind of works well with something that might have a little bit more of a modern or clean aesthetic. But if you go with like a salvaged or reclaimed wood, that could also go well with that country traditional look. We're also seeing metallics like steel, bronze, even printed tin. Now, steel lends itself well to an industrial look, while the printed tin is really a throwback to those tin ceilings of years past. So you can really make that work in a variety of ways. It's all about mixing materials, which is really what we're seeing. Mixing metals, mixing finishes, mixing colors. Make it interesting, and your design will last the long haul. Good advice. Coming up next time on the program, we're going to talk about your home's electrical panel. Now, if you trip a circuit, it can be inconvenient. But if you trip lots of circuits, it could be dangerous. We'll tell you about the signs that might signal you need to upgrade that panel on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 